Do you like haunts? Yes. Do you like immersive theater? Yes. Do you like escape rooms? Yes. What's the safe word? My haunt life. Hello and welcome to the My Haunt Life podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Russell. And Russell, it's haunt season. Yes. And I think the new intro proves that. Yes. So Russell made that intro. Um, it was a live recording of something that happened. That was we, a joke. You're we, supposed to laugh. <laughs> but wait, we have live recordings of stuff that have happened that sound like that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So thank you for making that. And thank it, you for participating. And, and... That just made it weird. So, um, <laughs> no, but it, sound, it sounds great. So I so, hope everyone likes it. So, But, but here, here's the thing. I, I'm really happy about one thing. So ever since we began this podcast, this podcast has begun with me being killed. And it was originally not supposed to be that. There's a weird little splatter noise in the original intro, which was Mike's idea because he wanted to kill me off. <laughs> That was Mike's note. I don't remember that. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> so now you get to be tortured during the intro. So there. <laughs> you know it's audio, right? It's not really happening. Oh, yet. Okay. <laughs> Happy Halloween season, everybody. What? Nothing. Just, <laughs> just do your thing. So, uh, yes, it's haunt season. Uh, and the thing that I've noticed already, Mike, for us is we've already covered... Uh, it's not that we've done so much. What I, surprises me is we've already done so many different kinds of things. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've done traditional haunts. We've done theater. We've done escape immersive rooms, theater. Recently, we've done but... escape rooms. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, it's like the, I think that's the thing that's, that might be the theme for this season is variety. Uh, and it's already proving to be true to some degree. So, uh, but Mike. Yes, Russell. <laughs> so, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Ha ha ha! Sorry, I'm happy. <laughs> uh, if you notice, I put out Halloween type stuff, like as we. No, it really adds to the mood because your place is normally never like this. <laughs> yes, I know. I have creepy figures around my place, but I, I added some Halloween stuff in between our microphones, just to like you know, like masks and stuff. But it's like it's Halloween season, so I wanted to go. Like I wanted to really set the mood to re- record the podcast. So where, I got. I brought some stuff. Uh, where's that shaking your head sound effect? <laughs> oh come on! So I've got. Right? I've got bats candy. I didn't read the ingredient list, so I don't know if it's actually made from bats. But I have bats. Candy. Oh my god! Uh, and I have spooky skulls gummies. Oh my god! Probably made from actual skulls. So and I have. Pumpkin spice Oreos. I quit. I'm <laughs> no, done. No, no, I draw the line at pumpkin spice. Uh, uh, well, okay. you're not a college girl, <laughs> so you shouldn't care about that. <laughs> but they're tasty. That, uh, but all right. So, but uh, so my haunt life is looking for a new co-host. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, there's more. Oh my god. All right. So I splurged. Can we just talk about haunts? <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, you're gonna love this. I splurged and I actually made something this morning for you. Oh my god, dude. Hold on. Stop. Help me. Help. Please. Help me. 
This is a cup. It's a green cup with googly eyes of actual drinkable lime-flavored slime. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what I want at 10 in the morning. <laughs> Thanks. It's lime slime. <laughs> Come on. I, I have to taste this. Um, yeah. It tastes like lime. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it's like we're drinking out of googly-eyed cups. Uh, Why do you... <laughs> I, I just can't right now. <laughs> wow, actually, that's not bad. I love lime, by the way. It was like just, just lime just, and grape. Please <laughs> stop. Okay. All right. Uh, okay, so, Mike, uh, let's talk about some haunts. Oh, are you sure? <laughs> do you have any more candy made out of whatever it is that they're shaped like? No. No. <laughs> All right, so I think you should start to start this off. I don't want to anymore. And you get to keep the googly-eyed cup. I'm, <laughs> it's uh, just can't. Anyways, oh. <laughs> let's talk about things people actually care about. Okay. Like haunts, because right. it's haunt season. We're a haunt podcast. Okay. <laughs> so I started. We were supposed. We were supposed to start, yeah. but somebody's responsible and <laughs> works. Yeah, my job stuff. got in the way. But I went to Queen Mary's Dark Harbor, and it was so much fun, just mm-hmm. like last year. Yeah, um, it had many of the same mazes. I think it had all of the same mazes as last year, but they added one additional one, and that one additional one is on the ship. So now there's four mazes on the ship. Oh, cool. Yeah. And and if you know the history of the ship and believe in ghosts, that makes it that much better. Because any time you get to spend on the ship, on a haunted ship, and going through a haunt, haunted house, I guess it would be haunted maze on a haunted ship. <laughs> Do they cancel each other out? I don't know. Anyways. Um, but yeah. Uh, the new maze is called Feast. I'm going to read this from Dark Harbor's website. New this year and for the first time ever, a fourth maze aboard the ship. The all-new feast will take you on a terrifying journey into areas of the ship that have never before been accessible to Dark Harbor guests. During World War II, when the Queen Mary was in service as a troop transport ship, an enlisted military man serving in the ship's kitchen quickly moved up the ranks to become a highly decorated chef. Unbeknownst to the soldiers traveling aboard, the chef had a dark side. Quietly, he would sedate a few soldiers at a time and then collect them into the middle of the night to prep them for his latest dishes. Eventually caught, the chef was thrown into one of his own ovens and cooked alive. Ever faithful to chef, his dutiful kitchen staff sacrificed themselves to become his evil henchmen, burning themselves in the same oven. Chef and his evil crew went into hiding aboard the ship for many years. Largely forgotten, these longtime stowaways aboard the ship have resurfaced to resume their deadly duties by collecting new victims for some of the chef's latest recipes. Are you ready to be served? (laughs) And that's exactly what it was. And it was really cool because you do get to go through places that, you know, most people probably wouldn't have seen. um, And just some of the props, you know, because obviously we're talking about people being burned alive and Mm -hmm. cooked. So there was a lot of just decomposed and burned and cooked bodies hanging around. And, and did they, did also, how was the makeup job in that maze? Uh, it was really good. And actually, there's lots of fun potential there. 
there's someone that we know in that maze that oh, really oh okay yeah um she was a little cold uh it was really chilly but you know because you know if you're cooking you need to freeze your meat um <laughs> so she wasn't exactly frozen but shout out to sarah um <laughs> because she was great and here's something like okay so we go to so many immersive events now where mm -hmm. you can change the story and I joked with her about this on Facebook, but when I went through her section, she was saying, she was asking me to help her, like by name, like, which, which by the way, like anytime like a performer uses your name, it, it's such a small detail, but it adds so much to your experience. Yes. And I will say there have been a couple of times because of makeup. I've been in shows or haunts or something and somebody has said my name and I don't recognize them and I don't know who it is. That is a very freaky feeling when that happens. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I don't know who you are. What are you doing? <laughs> she was like saying like, Mike, help me, help me. And for a moment it was like, okay, what can I do? And I start looking around, but then I was like, wait a minute. No, this is a, this is a traditional haunt. I can't change the story. So I just gave her sad puppy dog eyes like the, I want to help, but I know I can't, but if I could, I would. And, and I just backed out of that room, but I felt so horrible because I couldn't help her, mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't know. Oh, helpful soft side Mike came out for a moment, did he? Well, I'm going to help try to help my friends when yeah. they're being frozen and probably <laughs> going to be burned and eaten. So eaten, yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Eaten's such a horrible word. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, I, one of the things that I loved, and I, I'm, like I said, I hadn't ended up having to work through the time that, that you and you were at Dark Harbor, but... I really like their makeup and walk around characters and, you know, are, were they as strong this year? Did you feel? Uh, yes, but some of their most powerful ones and like the ones that people go and know mm -hmm. were inside mazes this year. Oh, that's interesting. That's so new. for example, we have another friend, Brad, who is, was kind of like the main walk around guy for B340. Right. And, you know, people would always take pictures with him. He was in the middle of the haunt. Oh, that's which, interesting. which is cool, you know, but when you're used to seeing that character, like to get pictures with and whatnot. Right. Um, yeah, it's just kind of weird. But the cool thing was like, Brad, thank you. He did the same thing when he saw me and realized it was me. He was like, I know this one, this <laughs> one's mine. Like, and it was just like, Oh, you. That's very cool. Yeah. It was really, really cool. Oh. Um, and actually, there was quite a few times within the mazes where I, they got me like totally got me. Excellent. Um, you know, because usually like I don't go in like trying to not get scared. Like I want to be scared, but mm -hmm. a lot of things are so like, you know, where something is going to be, or, you know, it's like, Oh, there's the corner. Someone's going to be behind it. Right. And you kind of mentally prepare yourself. Yeah. Um, there were a couple times where, I did not see anything coming at all. And it was just like, oh my God, to the point where I, I says like, that was really good. Thank you. You know, like, <laughs> and they're probably like, what the hell are you talking about? But yeah, there, it was, it was great. That's um, awesome. Yeah. You're you're, uh, yeah, because I've gone through haunts with you, you're, you don't, cause I have gone through with other friends who do put the wall up mm -hmm. and like, okay, scare me. And like, you know, you and I don't do that. I'm an easier get than you are. Oh yeah. In but, many ways. 
<laughs> Thanks. Um, All you need is a lollipop and a smile for oh. Russell. <laughs> Tis the season. Um, the uh, But yeah, it's like, it, to hear you say that, that's great. I'm really, really happy. But because you weren't there, I feel like now I have to take over the safety thing. Because yes. there were a couple safety things that, they, and if I'm pointing them out, like, you know something's up. Right, like what? So... There is one of the mazes, I think it was either B340 or, or Dead Rise. Um, and the, it was one on the ship. And it was the one where, you know, remember last year we were able to walk through the pool area. Yes. They didn't have that this year. Okay. But the entrance to the pool area, it looked like you could walk in until you walk face first into a giant plexiglass screen that's blocking it off wow but okay. it's so clear it and you see the pool and because it's like oh we get to go in the pool again boom i went face first into it oh wow and that's a, odd apparently that's happened to a lot of people that i spoke to and not deliberate apparently <laughs> no no well, come on i mean they did that yeah that's that's interesting they may have thought it was a visual that you could see into the room, but didn't realize right. But it, but it, go there. but the way you're walking, you're walking straight ahead. Oh wow! So it's not like it's something off to the side or anything like that. Yeah, and it's and and I will say this in the past, Dark Harbor has been very good about safety on the ship, because there are um, for those of you who have not been lucky enough to go to Dark Harbor, it is on the Queen Mary ship, which is haunted, and. Some of the stairwells are very narrow and the ceilings are extremely low. And because you have piping, because you have mazes that go through certain uh, areas of the ship where there's a lot of um, heavy metal pipes above your head and things like that, they've always been very good about putting foam on those things and drawing your attention to, okay, you're going to walk down these stairs, hold on to something and watch your head. So they are very safety conscious there. So that's kind of surprising. The other one was in the circus maze. I love their circus maze. Yeah, I do too. And actually this year they added a secret, but I'm obviously not going to tell you because it wouldn't be a secret. Okay. But do you remember the ball pit? Yes. So remember last year, the ball, the balls were pretty soft. Right. Yes. So, Thinking that, I see the ball pit, I dive in, nope, the balls are very, very, very hard. Oh. And I landed oh, and was wow. like, oh, this sucks. But luckily, there was a clown in there that saved me and made me smile and laugh. So <laughs> that made it okay. But because still. clowns are nice. Yes. Um, but yeah, it, it was just kind of, you weren't expecting it, and it made it hurt that much more. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But going back to the mazes, uh, we did Intrepid last year, mm -hmm. and that was probably one of our least favorite ones. Yeah. Um, this year, they redid it. It's awesome. Oh, very cool. It's so cool. And it took the place of where the voodoo maze was, I believe. Right. But yeah, this was, it was just kind of very gothic, like old school gothic with like architecture and like you're on a train and you're in... I want to say like Scotland or, or like, you know, those were like the characters and like, it was just really, really, really good. Like I liked that one a lot. I'm going to have to fit this in somehow in my season. Yeah. 
No, uh, and I, I, you've mentioned B three forty a couple of times. I really have liked that maze the last couple of years that I've gone. It's like I, I think some of the production design and some of the rooms in that maze are so incredibly creepy. So there's a lot of flesh in that one mm-hmm. in, in one area. Yeah, which I, I love the imagery of that. And then the other mazes, um, like Soulmate, which is on the ship, that was always great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love that one because. When you're at the very end of the ship, so you can look out the portholes at, at certain points right, and just yeah. see. And it's like, it just, it doesn't take away from it, you know? Because like, if you're in this environment and you're like actually immersed in it and, you know, you want to be scared, it's like, I'm in this creepy thing. But so looking out the windows and seeing like Long Beach across the water, you know, it it adds to it. It doesn't take away from it because you've, because Soulmate is like, you know, you they want to trap you and it's like you feel like you're trapped yeah especially with knowing that you're in the bowels of a ship yeah Mm -hmm. and then uh lullaby that was um another one we did last year and that one's on the ship as well and you know this one this one was just fun because you have a little girl scary mary and you know it's just how can you go wrong with a cute little scary spooky girl that's <laughs> popping up everywhere you go and is that the one that had the water imagery last year yes yeah that's i really enjoyed that last year mm-hmm. the water effect is there this year as well cool good so yeah overall queen mary was just so much fun again this year one thing though and i believe they've changed this when we went on opening night parking was 40 dollars Okay, that's ridiculous. Yeah, but I've been told that has been changed since, thankfully. Yeah, because that, that's, you know, if you're buying the ticket to the event and then have to pay $40 to park, that's yeah. ridiculous. That's reason enough not to go to the event, period. Oh, yeah, because that's the price of a ticket. Yeah. But yeah, I liked it overall. I'll continue to go back. Um, the environment is what makes this so good. You get to hang out on the ship. You get to hang out in you know, a fair type atmosphere, you know, they have swings and yeah. they have a stage with performers. Um, like we, you know, we saw a couple of clowns do, do things and like sideshow type acts. And it was just, it's just so much fun to be there and you're on the water. So it gets a little cooler. So it feels like you may not be in California, which is always a good thing. <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to, to fitting this into the schedule somehow. I, I absolutely must. Now that I've heard you talk about it, I'm so disappointed that my job kind of spun out of control that day yeah me too you were missed oh thank you and so for more information on queen mary's dark harbor you can go to queenmary.com slash events slash dark dash harbor uh on facebook queen mary's dark harbor on instagram qm dark harbor and on twitter qm dark harbor and then the day after yes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Talk about a crazy weekend. We went to Fright Dome in Las Vegas. Right. And Fright Dome is celebrating their 15th year anniversary this year. So it it did have a very special vibe. It had sort of a party atmosphere uh, right from the get-go. And, and um, I, I went to Fright Dome. It's been a couple of years since I've been. And I mean, let's be honest, Fright Dome has kind of a hit and miss reputation overall because there have been some years when it's been really, really good. And apparently some years when people have walked away a little bit disappointed in some of the mazes. Um, uh, I went several years ago, they did a collector maze one year, a tie in with the films, which I thought worked 
incredibly well. I love that movie. It's uh, and also if you think about it, it's a movie that lends itself to a haunt theme. Oh, definitely, very well. And I mean, the, you're ba- they're basically going through a haunt. Yeah, exactly. And so the there was a lot of chain link fence. There was a lot of you know dark rooms. There was I thought that was a really good maze. Uh, so I have some good memories of Fright Dome, definitely. Uh, crowds were an issue and conga lining was an issue when I went to Fright Dome like several years ago. Uh, so uh, we went to Fright Dome in Las Vegas on their opening weekend. And overall, Mike, uh, I really had fun. So going back on what you said, like I had never been to Fright Dome before. Mm-hmm. I had only heard the things that you had told me and just things around from like the haunt community is like, eh, you know, whatever. It's not a must see kind of thing. And I always just kept thinking about that. It's like, Oh, well it's a theme park haunt. I typically stay away from those um, because of the conga lining issues. But seriously, I am so impressed. I was so impressed Mm -hmm. with everything that I saw and I am going back at some point. Like it, it was, it was so good. Yeah, it's really fun. And um, there's a couple of very specific things which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, One of the things that works really well in Fright Dome's favor, in my opinion, Mike, is I don't think there's anything else in Vegas that has sort of the big, glossy theme park kind of feel to it. Right. As far as haunts go. I mean, they don't have a Universal. They don't have a Knots. They don't have anything like Six Flags. So this is filling that niche in Vegas. And I think they do it really, really well. One of the things, before we get into the individual mazes of Fright Domes, I have to say something because it was one of the first things we encountered. They have scare zones, which, you know, in a typical theme park area, there's one area where you have to walk from one side of the park or area to get to another maze. You have to, like, walk to the other side. And... There is this long corridor in Fright Dome that is completely filled with fog and scare actors. That is one of the coolest scare zones I've ever walked through. I freaking loved that area. It was so much fun. I think we went through it three or four times that night. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to give too much away, but let's say there were characters who were lit very uniquely and there was the lighting in that area was very unique. And the thing that worked on me, Mike is the lighting of the area kept distracting me. So the actors kept scaring me (laughs) over and over and over again because they'd realized that I was looking at the lights. Sure. Blame the lights. Oh yeah. It was the lights completely. (laughs) But yeah, they kept noticing. It was like, Oh, look at this guy being completely unaware of his surroundings. Let's go scare him. And it worked numerous times throughout the night. Yeah. That's those, the, when we first walked in and we were going to our first haunt, those scare zones were incredible. Yeah. And I think they worked that much more for me because typically scare zones out here, you mentioned Universal and Knots, they're so spread out and they're in yeah. the open air and they're so wide. Mm-hmm. Here, it was you're basically walking through a hallway. A, yeah, like a mall. Like yeah. there's something on each side and it's it's very narrow and combining all of that with being inside you know it it almost felt like dawn of the dead and it makes the fog so much denser yeah and (laughs) which makes the lasers and lights that much more like effective yes absolutely yeah definitely they they really really did a good job with that and the makeup like holy crap like you know we we always talk last time i went to six flags um fright fest that was what 
that was the one thing that I came back with was the makeup was incredible. Mm-hmm. Here at Fright Dome, the makeup was top notch as and the props and the mazes, like they had everything. Yeah, we'll uh, like, we'll talk on that and definitely on, on like individual mazes, I'm sure. But they really put, first of all, they put some money into this thing, and and you could tell that like they were having fun. It's like let's go for the gore. Yeah. <laughs> they really did, which was an absolute blast to walk through on numerous occasions. And another thing too, so we watched the black carpet opening, and when Dana White showed up. Uh, he's like owns UFC. He said in the, in the interview, like, you know, this is the best one. Like I've been to the LA theme parks and this blows it away. And right there I was like, whatever you like, I don't <laughs> believe you at all. And he was a hundred percent right. Like this blows away anything that I I've ever seen at universal or knots or, um, fright fest, like as far as theme parks specific, mm-hmm. like this, this is my number one. Yeah. Now, before we go into the mazes, uh, let's talk about ticketing really briefly. The crowds get thick here. So I think, Mike, I would say to anyone who wants to go to this, I would recommend you upgrade to a front of the line. There's also a VIP package, which will get you through the haunts much quicker. And if you have the money to splurge on that and make it a night and have some fun, it's like, I would recommend that. I think the front of the line, this is one of those places where the upgraded ticket will really pay off and make your evening better. Well, not only that, but they, okay. We've talked about ticket prices in LA before. Yes. And they're getting astronomical in certain areas. So if I said something, I'm looking at Fright Dome's website now. If you now... $140. $140. That's not even front of the line at Universal anymore. Oh, yeah. Front of the line at Universal like, I think is close to 200 Yeah. So $140 in Vegas is a private VIP tour. Right. Per, like you have to, That's per person, but you get front of the line access to everything and a, a tour guide mm-hmm. that takes you from house to house and yes. cuts you in line. For a, like, that's a freaking steal, dude. Yeah. Like I would do that in a heartbeat. Yes, absolutely. If they're available, I would recommend the VIP thing as well, which is which is how we did it. We did have a tour yeah. guide and that that it it paid off. Absolutely. Oh, it definitely did. I yeah. mean I mean that's that's Vegas for you. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, get these guys in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean I if you think about it, think about how much that would be in LA. You know, to a universal or something. That would probably be like four hundred bucks. Uh, it would be up there definitely. I don't even know what the VIP tickets are now at Knott's or Universal. All right. Let's go. Talk about the haunts. What was the first one? (laughs) Go. I don't know. My mind is... I have like... Oh, come on. You don't remember... Like, like, I loved the first one. (laughs) I I loved all of them, but right... All I'm thinking about is my Disney moment. My Mickey Mouse moment. All right. We'll get to that. Uh, No. The first thing we did was Killer Clowns in 4D which oh that's right yeah which all right now one thing about fright dome uh are all the mazes let me think about this are all the mazes guided i think they are Mm -hmm. all right so well no that's not true there's one of them that is not well um but we'll get to that (laughs) so in what you do is you actually have an actor who goes with your group through the maze and unfortunately i do not remember the character's name she was an energetic young gale 
And to say energetic is an understatement. She was a happy clown. She was a very happy clown. And incredible. <laughs> uh, she was amazing. The- it's like, she is the reason people come back to haunts. Because, oh, yeah. he, like, you have someone, you have someone, you have an actor, and they're just so stoked that they're yeah. there and that it's Halloween. And you could yeah. tell that she was just so happy to be there. Like, yeah. She actually, she set the tone for our entire Fright Dome experience, I think. Cause we walked in and, and it's, it is a nightmarish clown maze where you wear 3d glasses and some of the characters are actually wearing 3d makeup effects where the, 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 they use the colored paint or colored makeup that actually pops when you put 3d glasses on the walls are covered with things like that. So you, it is so disorienting and all of the neon colors are overwhelming and there's some really clever scares in several places through this maze. And the, the clown energy that she gave off the happy frenetic, super hyperactive clown guy just, it was so wonderful to go through this maze and, and also the visuals, the visuals are really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've always enjoyed 3d mazes. Um, and you know, I've been through many of them and, you know, th- I thought it was interesting that they, they chose to be very sporadic with their 3d and would highlight certain specific things in each room. So it became really fascinating to, to like go through and notice what they chose to put in 3d. And then, the first time I saw one of the actors, I turned a corner. One of the actors' faces was in 3D. It was really, really cool. I really enjoyed this, and and I I don't have a fear of clowns. I actually like evil clowns. They're they're kind of goofy fun for me. So I have a feeling if you had a fear of clowns, this would be devastatingly horrific. <laughs> but I really, really enjoyed that. Now you mentioned that Dark Harbor did away with their voodoo maze. Yeah. Uh, there is a maze at Fright Dome called Hex, which has an overall voodoo theme. For me, Mike, this was actually probably the weakest maze as far as tone and, and story. Mm-hmm. Partially because it's just, partially the subject matter doesn't speak to me personally. But um, in this one, I thought it was a, a much slower pace. Yeah. And, I, and the, the scares here were not aggressive. They're more moody. Like you walk into a room where you see a ceremony going on and they approach you slowly and, you know, try to get you to partake. Yeah, it was or, more creepy. Yeah, it was. It, they went for a more creepy vibe. I think they were very successful on that level. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But I think in the midst of all of the other more aggressive, jump scary type things that voodoo, it, it just voodoo is a different tone. So how did you feel about that one? Uh, I feel the same way. Um, yeah. You know, because, I mean, granted, it was a second maze. So we had, you know, from going to the high-paced adrenaline type of, like, energetic clown maze to this, it was kind of like, it's like, we're up here and now we're down here. Yeah, it was was an interesting change of pace, for sure. However, I'm not saying that the maze is not successful. I think they did a good job with it. But it was just, it's it's a very different vibe than almost everything else in, in Fright Dome, which... I think really, really works well in certain ways. It's one you should probably do first. Yeah, actually, I would recommend that to to amp up the evening. I think that would be a good intro maze to get to Fright Dome because certainly the, the 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 cool thing is the production value. Some of the props and stuff inside Voodoo are really, really nice. That's a theme through all of these mazes. Um, Fright Dome, the rooms themselves quite often are really, really lovely. 
And I mean that in a really creepy, scary way. <laughs> So, um, so Voodoo was definitely a, a lower pace, uh, pardon me, a slower pace, kind of a lower tone, not as aggressive, but still really, really enjoyable. And then after that, I believe we went to the Chainsaw Massacre maze. Which, holy crap, the props in this one. Oh my God. Yeah, it's just we, uh, and it, here's, here's, <laughs> here's the thing about this one, Mike. This is, this could be like, I think the Chainsaw Massacre maze for us was like the best of Fright Dome and the worst of Fright Dome. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately it, it is, they are putting people through this maze in larger groups than most of the other mazes we went through. I think there was like almost eight to 10 people with us. Yeah. And it's narrow hallways, which work well in a maze. Tight spaces work well in a maze, except when you have that large a group of people, it kind of works against you. The guide got lost a couple of times for the people in the very back of the group. And <laughs> I had to laugh, and I had an eye roll moment in the very first room when they were giving you the rules. Because in the beginning, since since all of these are guided in the first room, always they reiterate the rules of don't touch the props, don't touch the actors. Our guide was doing that. And then he said, okay, form a line, everyone in a conga line. Oh yeah. And I was just like, how dare you? (laughs) It's like, don't say conga line in a haunt (laughs) because that's what Mike and I have been complaining about for years is that's why we don't enjoy big things like universal and sometimes nots. And because they literally conga line you through, which is they just line you up and you single file through. So no scare is effective because no scare has a reset time. Mm -hmm. Now, when we were going through chainsaw, Mike, you're right. Oh my God. The props, the atmosphere for gore hounds, like, like us, like seeing all the, the dead and gory and skinned bodies, lots of, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, there were a couple rooms that I have, you you just looked at them like, I have no idea what you did to that body, but it looks (laughs) horrific. It looks ugly and horrific. Uh, there was, there were a couple of things like, yeah, there was like a grinding machine. Did Mm -hmm. you notice that near the end? Oh yeah. Uh, there was, there was this one where they had a glass like coffin with, uh, like a, a skinned body. And it was like, is this an altar? What is this? (laughs) It was so freaking bizarre and it was so utterly creepy. Like they, they absolutely, the, 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 just, yeah, the props and, and the design of some of these rooms, some of the scares were very effective. Uh, our group was a little large and our guide almost ran through this maze. And I did have a little issue with that. And the fact that all of that wonderful stuff that we're talking about, we couldn't see it. We couldn't ex- like explore it. Yeah. Our... It's like you, you had no time to appreciate it because the guide was constantly screaming at us like, move faster, move faster, move faster. Well, I mean, to be fair, he just didn't want to get eaten. Yeah, that's probably true. But, um, but it's so like, that's what I mean. Like the, by the best of Fright Dome and the worst of Fright Dome all in the same package. Uh, but man, oh, the visuals in that maze were so dark, so creepy. And some of the character makeup also, too, in that one, you had a slaughterhouse vibe. So lots of blood-covered actors. Uh, there might have been some pig-head slaughterhouse action at one point in a really creepy character. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's uh, definitely enjoyable. It's just like I felt we were being pushed through it way too fast. And that's the only haunt at Fright Dome that I feel that that happened. 
So I think that I think the guides can make or break these mazes at Fright Dome. Mm-hmm. I really do. So and that one was just moving too fast, and and I just think the group was too large on that one. So and maybe because that might be, I know that's one of their their you know that is a maze which they have had um, in the past, I believe, and I think it's just one of their most popular. So that might be why they're trying to push people through right. so fast is they know that that line is going to have a huge buildup. So uh, and then I believe after that is we went to something called Happy Holiday. Yes. So, oh. Mike, <laughs> Look, I'm going to let you talk about this one. I'm only going to talk about that one part, though. So, no, it's like talk about the whole thing. Ugh. Yes. Um, so this was a maze that brings you through the different holidays of the year. And one thing I really liked about this was our guide because she was very like almost nymph-like, mm-hmm. like in, in just like... Like, come on over here. And it lends itself to, to like a lot of holidays because you have characters like that. Yeah. And most holidays are happy go lucky events. And this maze takes all of those happy go lucky things and puts a very dark twist on each one of them. And Easter being one of my favorites, by the way, Easter was awesome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was uh, very, very creepy. Um, I, I can't do it, man. I just want to talk about the end. <laughs> All right. So before Mike talks about the end, so you go through, I think, what, Valentine's Day, Easter, uh, there are leprechauns at one point, mm-hmm. you know, it's just Thanksgiving so, and yeah. And, um, yeah. And each one has a really darker and darker turn and then you get to, and, and they basically take you through the calendar year. Yeah. So of course the ending is Christmas Uh-huh. and I, <laughs> <laughs> I've said this before. I love it when I'm going through a haunt and you see someone else get a really good scare or you see someone else like have a moment or, or like a one-on-one moment with an actor and you, and you like that got them. That was special. I got to say, Mike, <laughs> in the final room of this haunt, the look on your face was worth me going to Vegas just to <laughs> see that expression on your face. So... In the last room, I'm not. I, I'm not going to spoil it. I will say that um, you can probably guess because it's Christmas, mm-hmm. and there was a viral video that went around from Transworld uh, last year or earlier this year um, of a certain animatronic prop, and it was, it was, it was just awesome. When yeah. you see it in person, that video does not do it justice at all. There is a massive Christmas-oriented creature in the final room. Massive is an understatement. Yeah, it, it's shockingly huge. And it is terrorizing things and people and you as you walk into the room. I was a huge fan of the video. I had seen that video and probably sent it to everyone I know. And to see that in person and to see just how massive it was Mm -hmm. and having it be right in front of me i had i i I told you this but yeah that feeling and that look that little kids get when they meet mickey mouse for the first time you know they just stand there with their like mouth like in their jaw on the floor just staring but like being super stoked at the same time well you met um that was me yeah you met a mythical creature you met like you met something really special (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah, and and yeah, we had to go back and like Mike, Mike, we have to leave now. Mike, 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 we have to leave. And and that's not a joke. They no. really did. Like I was I was frozen in like just staring. Yeah. Like it just being amazed by this thing. Yeah. And like literally they had left and like went around a corner and all of a sudden Russell comes back and like, Mike, we have to go. <laughs> and I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, um, yeah, it's really impressive and it, and, and it's really fun. It's just like, it, it, it is, it's like one of those great haunt moments. Cause it's a, you, 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 and uh, I don't want to say too much. You, you, but you walk into this huge space and they've set the mood perfectly. The set works really well. You know, there's another character in there. Like there was, like there was, it was just one of those great haunt moments. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, did not see that coming. And it wasn't, it wasn't even a jump scare. It was just no, like, like it's just magical. Like, wow, they just hit it out of the park with that room. Yeah, because it's like you just go around a corner and just see this thing. Yeah, and it's just like. <gasps> Yeah, it's and bre- everything around it was well done. Yeah, it was just, it was a really, they nailed the ending of that. You know, some people, yeah. like, you know, do that with waterfalls. Like, oh my God, look at that, or sunsets. <laughs> and then then there's us. And it's like, <laughs> oh, this is my waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> this is my waterfall? <laughs> I don't know, because people get, uh, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Oh man, that was awesome. <laughs> I just want to go back and spend time with that. Yeah. Yeah. You need you need some one-on-one time with that creature. So, all right. So, at Fright Dome this year, their longest maze is Zombie City, which I how long did it take us to get through that thing? It felt like ever it was like 15 probably, or 20 minutes probably. yeah that would be my best guess yeah it, it's an extremely long maze and again this is one where our guide really helped make this maze now i talked earlier about the voodoo maze and sort of like the slower pace of it this maze also mike worked at a slower pace and our guide in each of the areas that we were taken through our guide was giving us background story which I thought worked incredibly well. And it is, as you can tell by the title, Zombie City. You are walking through areas after a city has been the subject of a zombie infestation. And you get the backstory. And as the guide was leading us into rooms, as she encountered zombies and told us what to do, like how to avoid them, or she would say, oh, um, we're going through the high school and we're going through this area of the high school and this is what happened. And there's the, the, that character and there's this character. And uh, and obviously there was a fight and this happened. And like, so she's actually doing a narration. I thought that worked really, really well. Yeah. Mainly because of her. Mm -hmm. Like, I think she nailed the presentation of that. Yeah. Because with so many changing scenes, like you needed that because you, you know, you would go from, you know, one place to a high school and without her like, Oh, now we're entering the high school in the gym locker room, you know? And it's like, okay, this makes sense. Where if you didn't have that, it's like, we were just outside. Now we're all of a sudden in a locker room. Yeah. And then there was a medical area. Yeah. And then like, so, and so she tied together, it was like a montage and she was the technique of, to get you from scene to scene. And it worked really, really well. And, and also it like zombies, their zombies are of the fairly slow moving breed. So that's the only kind. So, <laughs> so the, the, 
her technique of filling us in as the zombies were either coming out of their hiding place or approaching us or whatever worked really, really well. And for her to get us from place to place and she helped, um, there was a little bit of a flow back up there and she helped fill that period of time when we were getting backed up really, really well. She handled the crowd very, very well. Yeah. That's one of the things I really liked when, when she would look ahead and see that the previous people weren't done or right. that they needed to reset, she would hold us. Right. And, and make sure that of, we didn't get a glimpse of what was coming. Yeah. Instead of, I feel like most other places would be like, oh, just keep coming through, just right. push them through. You know, she waited, even though it meant maybe timing was off or something, which, yeah, which it, was very appreciative. Right. And again, in this one, um, there, there was a lot of hanging bedsheets sort of uh, production design in this one. However, when you got into each individual room, the sets were really nice for this. Um, there was, and I thought it was an interesting, there was a lot of white in this. Like if you know, blood shows up better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> blood shows up better, <laughs> but like the high school stuff was very white and the, the medical area was very white. And, and so I thought that was an interesting choice to make the whole thing themed sort of that way. Um, yeah, it, it was just, this was really enjoyable. Another like solid maze. And the fact that it lasted so long, really let you get involved and immersed in that vibe. So even the like, okay, I know I'm going to encounter another slow moving zombie zombie. Our guide was telling us the story and we realized that this was different somehow from what we had seen previously. And it worked really, really well. And, and, and again, I, I really appreciate long mazes because if you are going to wait in line for a while and the maze is only four minutes which happens at some of the big theme parks. (laughs) Yeah. That's such a disappointment. And by setting themselves up with a long maze, I think they're doing the audience a service by giving them time to really appreciate the atmosphere that they have created. And I I think Zombie City is one of the most successful at Fright Dome for that. You know, and the the clown maze, like, oh my God, the atmosphere inside the clown oh, maze is... of course. You, like, step into a different universe for that maze. It's like, you are nowhere on Earth. You are in a completely unique universe in that clown maze at, at Fright Dome. And the zombie thing is almost the same thing. And to be totally honest, that's one of the reasons the voodoo thing works well. Now, I don't think Chainsaw Massacre did that for me, but all of the props that we were talking about you know, I loved the, you know, that for the, for a different reason. So yeah, it's it just like, I really, really enjoyed the zombie city maze and, and our guide was, was just excellent. So we ended up the evening with the final maze, uh, which is called lights out. Mm-hmm. For me, Mike, this was the highlight. Well, I, it's probably a close second for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> after you were gushing a moment ago about your your Disney yeah. moment, but as a, as a complete haunt, this was awesome. Yeah. Like this was so good. And again, here's one of those things that um, I don't want to do too much spoiling, but they do tell you that um, you will go through this maze alone, mm-hmm. which is incredibly effective. Which. We said earlier to do Hex first to set the vibe, but based on crowds, you might want to do this one first just based on the fact that it's one person at a time and the lines throughout the night will just get longer and longer. Even with a VIP ticket, we waited 40 to 45 minutes. Yeah. 
That's with a VIP ticket. I think they were averaging one person every three minutes, I mm-hmm. think, because we started timing just to, out of curiosity. Right. So obviously that's a slow flow of the crowd. But the good thing about this is there are many roaming characters that would come and interact with you in line. Yes, absolutely. So that made it enjoyable. Yeah. Now, the, the maze itself, Mike... I, how, how do we talk about this without spoiling anything? You, you can't really. Um, I mean, based on the name of it called Lights Out, you can probably guess that there are no lights inside. So it's not you're not in complete darkness. Uh, they do give you a flashlight, mm-hmm. and you explore. Yep you you find your way, and you may or may not meet some people inside that will guide you a certain way and tell you which way to go. Um, <laughs> Cause I got lost at one point and had to be directed. <laughs> that's not where I was going with that, but I'm glad that you said that on your own accord. Okay. <laughs> um, and you will see some horrific things and creatures and it yeah. will be one of the best parts of your night. Yeah. And the production design in this, um, there's something about, and I, I I don't think this is too spoilery. There's something about metal, and there's some areas in this that are very cage-like mm-hmm. that really really creeped me out. And some of the most effective jump scares for me of the night were in this maze, and partially because I got so into it that it, it just like I, it, you know how you give yourself over. <laughs> I haven't used this phrase yet this year. Give yourself over to the boo. Oh my God. (laughs) And that's what I did. I was just like, like, okay, you know what? Uh, This is, this can be really, really scary. And so I let myself go there and convince myself that like, I really am exploring something dark. And I, and I gotta say the, the, again, you are not guided through this. You do go walk through alone. This is not a guided maze. The woman who uh, you know reiterates the rules: don't touch the props, don't touch the actors, don't break our stuff. Um, the last thing she said to me, Mike, is she said, "Now I do have to ask you seriously: Are you afraid of the dark?" And it is a fear that I have. I actually, at times, am afraid of the dark. Good to know. And- <laughs> you knew that already. <laughs> yeah, but now everybody else does too. <laughs> so. Her reaction, and I kind of giggled when she said, I said, well, actually, yeah, seriously, it sounds silly, but yeah, I actually am at times. And she just looked at me and she smiled and she said, good. <laughs> she was so excited. <laughs> and then she literally like, you need to go that way now. And she shoved me into the maze. Um, so yeah. Uh, and I, I got to say, like the cast of Lights Out nailed the scares for me. Like it was, it was really, really fun. What was your experience going through? Anything you want to comment on? What? No. Okay. It was, it was, it was rad. (laughs) Like it was really, it was really unique because I've never done something like that before. Yeah. It it is a very unique uh, premise that Mm -hmm. they have. So. And it works so well. It does. It works incredibly well. You know, and I, I. You know, I, I, I want to go through that again somehow, if at all possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to go through it again immediately when we were done. So, uh, overall, Fright Dome. Oh, wait. What? There's more. Mm-hmm. So, 
Fright Dome takes place in Adventure Dome, in Circus Circus. And Adventure Dome is a mini theme park with roller coasters and fun things like that and different rides. So when you go to Fright Dome, all of these rides are still active, but they're in the dark. Yes. So we did all of these roller coasters like through thick fog and dark, and it was so intense. Yeah, it it actually makes the roller coaster more intense than it is normally, definitely. Yeah, and it was so much fun. They have two roller coasters. They have a couple of other motion-oriented rides, like fairground kind of rides. Mm -hmm. And... um, yeah. <laughs> but that that one roller coaster, when it's like you go straight down and then you're upside down and it feels like you're going to fall out of your seat. Yeah. After going through haunts, it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, they do have a couple of really good roller coasters there at Fright Dome and, and recommend you make that part of your evening as well. But wait, there's even more. Yes. So because it's Vegas, Fright Dome offers weddings. <laughs> Yes, they do. (laughs) (laughs) Just throwing that out there. So, yes. And if you actually, if you go to the Fright Dome Circus Circus website, there is an actual tab for weddings if you you need that service. So, overall, definitely worth the trip to Vegas. I'm so happy I went. Like, so happy. I was so impressed. Yeah. It was a fun evening for sure. And again, uh, congratulations uh, on the whole thing for Fright Dome. Really some strong scare actors. Uh, the, The scare zones were great. The production design in all of these mazes, uh, really impressive, really impressive. LA needs to up their ante. So we walked into some amazing rooms while we were at Fright Dome. For more information on Fright Dome, go to FrightDome.com on Facebook, Fright Dome, on Instagram and Twitter, Fright Dome. And then we came back to Los Angeles and we did something which... Uh, For me, Mike, is one of the most anticipated things in Los Angeles this year. Definitely. And uh, for those of you who are not familiar with it, there is a podcast called Lore. Lore is a storytelling podcast where they research uh, creepy subject matter and present tales, which they have researched. And they're very good about, like, this is what we know. This is what we can theorize. This is what we don't know. And they explore superstition, mythology. They explore, as the title suggests, lore of various kinds. So Creep LA, which is uh, an, a, uh, <laughs> a haunt which we have really enjoyed for the last two years. They are a little bit more surreal, cerebral, artistic. They don't go quite for the jump scares the way some other haunts do. They're a very unique company. They're also the group that created The Willows, which is an immersive theater piece which is running... Uh, on and off here during the year uh, during in Los Angeles. So Creep LA paired with the upcoming Amazon Prime TV show from the podcast Lore. And they created an event based on the upcoming TV show. And actually, we were told later that a lot of the stories we encountered inside this event were based on the first three episodes or so of the broadcast of the TV show. Uh, so that's sort of the setup of what Creep LA is doing this year. So Mike, what did you think of Lore? I loved it so much. Okay. Like I had, it was, you know, cause it's not a haunt, you know, it's definitely more theatrical. Yes. It's definitely more immersive theater because you can talk to the actors. You can, 
get taken away for one-on-ones. Right. Actually, they do They do set up the rule about you're not supposed to speak. Right. But there are very specific times when the actors have asked us questions mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. So. And like I said before, when we were talking about Queen Mary, you know, I couldn't change the story. But here, I feel like I could, like, depending on what I said, there would be a different outcome. Maybe, yeah. Okay. Negative Nelly. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Let me have this. All right, go for it. <laughs> you are in control, Mike. <laughs> I am in effing control. Um, <laughs> hi, overseer. Uh, anyways, um, so yeah. And, it, you know, it, it just starts as soon as you walk in, like the mood is set. Mm-hmm. Because in that first room, there's literally nothing happening. There's nobody there with you. It's just your group. And my heart rate just started going up and up and up just because of the anticipation of like, okay, what's going to happen? Oh, okay. There's a table there. Like what, what, what's this? Where, where are we going? Like, and so we started to explore mm-hmm. and we found hints of what was to come. Yeah. And that's really all I want to say about that. Yeah. That's all we should say. The thing that I liked a lot about this, Mike is, um, I, I actually, um, the way I found the lore podcast was I was going to some event and it was you, Deb, and me in the car. And you played me a little bit of a lore podcast. That's how I discovered the lore podcast was through you and Deb. Oh, cool. And I have been listening uh, sometimes at work uh, and you know sometimes when I'm driving. Uh, I've been listening to lore podcasts and trying to catch up. So the thing that this event does really well is this is not a jump scare sort of haunt Mm -hmm. at all. This is storytelling. And the thing that I loved is each room, you got either a complete story or you got part of a story. And it's, and that's the important thing. And there's a wonderful, um, sort of monologue at the very end of the show, which stresses why this is important. And the fact that it's the story that is important. And, it's like I, I we've uh, you know during our conversations on this podcast in the past I I always go to story, so that's the thing I loved about this was I thought they really captured the vibe of the podcast and hopefully the upcoming TV show really well in the fact that it's always about it's like this is what's happening and this is what could happen and this is the potential of where this could go right or wrong and lives hung in the balance sometimes. And you really get this creepy vibe. And there are, you know, the subject matter deals with everything from murderers to medical procedures to magic. And you get a little flavor of each of those stories. So I thought that was their biggest achievement was the tone and the vibe. Yeah. And one of the things I was really impressed with were the sets. Um, because especially knowing where this takes place, we, you know, we've been to the LA Mart before for yeah. things like Scare LA. And these are just empty offices that all of a sudden you walk into a room and there's stonework or you walk outside and you literally feel like you just walked outside because now you're in a, well, I don't want to say because that's a cool part, but you just (laughs) feel like you're outside and it's just, everything just got transformed so well. Mm-hmm. And it, it just added so like it was another character. Yeah. And it's not, it's not necessarily that it was completely a hundred percent realistic, 
but it was just they really did create a world that you stepped into. Yeah. And that world kept shifting. You know, it's like you are, like you said, outside and then you're in an office and then you're in maybe a closet and then maybe you're, you know, it's like you explore and then you're in someone's very private area. So you, and you keep entering these worlds and you get a portion of a story or a whole story in each one of these. So yeah, it's, it's hard to even say that this is a haunt. It's more of a theatrical piece. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I have some reservations on some of the flow. I mean, we did have some issues. Um, there were, and, and like, this is every, it affected my experience of it. Mm. But I will say that I think this is all fixable stuff that I'm about to say, but it definitely affected my experience. Right. Um, there were three times where literally our group or a large portion of our group didn't know what to do and didn't know where to go. To one point where literally an actress had to, like, like do the whole classic. No, you should be going that way, <laughs> <laughs> because they ended a scene and the focus of the uh, the focus in the room was on one end of the room, and you and I were opposite. And a door opened behind me, and I turned around and started heading toward the door. And I, I think you were standing. I think you were trying to figure out which way to go. And then everyone else went the other way. And mm. then the actress had to go like, um, guys, <laughs> over there. And so, uh, and then there was another time where literally a security person at the near the end just said like, uh, I'm not a cast member. I'm actually just here because like you guys need to go over there. Mm-hmm. And like that was, that was the ending moment of the show. So our show ended with a security guy coming in and like, uh, guys, it's over. Uh, go over there. Yeah. Not a good ending. <laughs> So, and I, but like I said, this is all fixable stuff. The one thing I thought was the weirdest was the, like the second room that I don't want to give too much away, but various portions of your group are split off. Mm -hmm. And we had a moment, I, I, we went, there was another guy named Brian in our group and a guy named Brian. Yeah. There's a guy named Brian in our group. (laughs) Really? Not even our friend, Brian, our friend, Brian, you're so why do you hate everyone? <laughs> I don't hate Brian. Brian's great. He's just a guy to you. <laughs> don't worry, Brian. So, you're my friend. So I think you're my friend, Brian. <laughs> not, well, not anymore. Not after he's just a guy. Oh, wait. I You derailed me. <laughs> it's better um, than railing you. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, like he and I looked at each other at one point because we were so confused as to what we were supposed to be doing. And he like shrugged his shoulders at me. I shrugged my shoulders at him. And like, I got led away by an actress. Like you saw that I know cause you were next to me and she came and she said something very quietly to me. And then she walked away and that was the moment I like, all right, am I supposed to follow her? Mm-hmm. And I turn around and Brian's looking at me and Brian kind of shrugs his shoulder going like, are we supposed to follow her? Are some of us supposed to go with her? And so I started to follow her and Brian chose not to because he thought it might be a one-on-one scene. Right. And so she led to this door. I opened the door and this other actress pops up like, what are you doing here? And I said, a young woman led me here and she gave me a name like the, the was like, oh, so-and-so. And I said, well, it was a young woman. I guess it was her. Well, come to find out it wasn't. It was a different actress. But so that actress led me back. Obviously, I was not supposed to go through that door. She led me back and she said, 
Like, you need to stand guard by this tree. I will come to get you. So I thought that was an instruction that I was going to get a scene and I was just showed up too early for. Mm -hmm. Like, well, come to find out, like, no. Like, so I'm standing there. Everyone else in the group left. I am all alone in that area. Like, like, oh, wait, am I supposed to be with the group? Did the whole group, like, are they in the next portion of the haunt? So, like, that sort of confusion happened multiple times for us. Okay. So, to some degree in our group. That needs to be fixed. Because what it did, and, you know, Brian and I spoke afterwards, it really took us out. Because we were like, okay, the logistics of this aren't working. We have no idea. And other people were being led away and given character moments when we were wandering around just like everyone seemed to be ignoring us and we didn't know what to do. And I stood at that tree because I'd been told to do that. Well, that actress never returned. Oh. So I I have no idea what was supposed to happen, but she never returned. And what happened is the young woman, who I guess was what who the actress referenced, was pulling you and she saw me standing there by myself. And I think she realized, like, oh, what is this guy doing here standing by himself? That probably wasn't supposed to happen. So she pulls me along with you, and she pulls me through the the door. Mm-hmm. The door that you and I went through is the door that I had gone through earlier. Oh, okay. Which is where the actress had disappeared that I followed. But apparently I wasn't supposed to follow her, even though she grabbed my hand and pulled me. <laughs> so it was like, like, so that kind of thing. And another thing that I will say is they, I think, missed a great opportunity and that's if you see the social media for this, Mike, um, everyone is posting photos of themselves with sort of like a bandana mm-hmm. across their face. That is, there's a reason you're doing that. It never pays off, does it? No. That's such a cool opportunity. And it's like literally the second room that you're in, that potential gets cut short. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, it's like, because I thought we were going to have to hide our identity at some point. Right. I thought there was a reason we would have to hide or like we, th- that would save us somehow with, because it would cover our mouth and nose and protect us from something. I'm like, such potential. Or treat it like a sleep no more mask or something. Exactly. You know, and I kept wanting to put mine back on, you know, and I was just like, well, that's going to be weird. <laughs> <laughs> so I just felt it was a huge missed opportunity. Because it was such a cool beginning. Mm-hmm. And then it just goes away. So the, like the, so I, for me, this was a mixed bag. I, always, I felt several times where, you know, it's not fear of missing out. It's, but I did, I did feel like, like, wait a minute. Like, wh- like uh, uh, okay. It, it just like, it felt like there were misfires in pacing and... You know, people kept being, and I, I do love this about this event, is your group keeps splitting up and coming back together and splitting up and coming back together. That's really cool. But I felt that it didn't always pay off. And in the final sequence, uh, here's something which, in the final room, like I said, I loved what happens in the final room. But... That final room was not set up well for my small portion of the group, I feel. I didn't understand why I was in that final room. But I will say that I really enjoyed the final room. <laughs> <laughs> and the narration that they play, what, like, 
is the reason I love lore. And I'm so looking forward to the TV show. So I loved this and I want to go back. And I think probably before the end of its run, I will go back. Yeah. So that's how much I really enjoyed this. But we went, like, we did not go on their first night. But we went early in the run. And I'm hoping that some of the flow stuff gets worked out better. So yeah, like I I totally understand. For me, I didn't have as many issues as you did. Um and one of my favorite things happened to me during this show. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as you <laughs> and <Yes>. I, <laughs> like as soon as you, you had your goofy face on, I saw it. <laughs> you had your giddy smile on, I like, saw you. As soon as you walked into this space, you yep. see some things and instantly I was like, oh my God, are we going to be able to do this? I had the exact same reaction. I figured you did. And you got to do it and I didn't. Yeah. Okay. But that's all right. And that, that, that's the way it happens. I will say that my mask, quote unquote, or my, my um, bandana did come into play. Interesting. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that because it, I felt it was a huge missed opportunity for me. Mm-hmm. Because it never came into play for me. Yeah, there's a there's something that happens that it's definitely needed. Interesting. Okay. And right. I'm, uh, obviously, I'm not going to tell you. No, I, that, that's fine. <laughs> I don't want you to tell me. Because yeah, like I just, said, just I, in case. I'm going back. Mm-hmm. So that's my intention. And also, one thing that, that we didn't speak about was the actual After the Haunt Ends ending. Mm-hmm. You are taken to a mini bar of sorts and you can hang out and and drink and talk about the show and take pictures. And, um, there's creepy photos on the wall. There's creepy people. Yes. There's creepy in there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so even when the show ends, it doesn't end. Right. Which I love that aspect of it as well. Yes, absolutely. So definitely recommend creep LA lore. If you would like more information, go to creepla.com. On Facebook, look them up at Creep Los Angeles. On Instagram, go to Creep Los Angeles. And also on Twitter, it is Creep Los Angeles. And then after that, you met a woman (laughs) in black. (laughs) Yes, I did. How's that for a segue? I went and saw other theater at uh, Theater Unleashed in North Hollywood, which is um, a company that has been, uh, uh, they present, this is the same place, Mike, where we saw Nosferatu last okay. year. Yeah, right ex- basically across the street from Zombie Joe's. Yeah, exactly, except this this was presented in a smaller upstairs theater. Uh, theater Unleashed has done a revival of The Woman in Black. Now, most people, I think, probably know this from the Daniel Radcliffe movie from a few years ago, and... Um, The Woman in Black is a stage adaptation of a Susan Hill novel. For those of you who like ghost stories, I highly recommend the novel. It it is just gothic, creepy ghost story. It's really, really cool. Um, The Woman in Black is the second longest running production in London's West End. It's been running for over 20 years. The show is that good. It's so spooky and creepy. It's just a really great ghost story. Apparently, uh, I I met with um, Jen, the artistic director of Theater Unleashed. I met her at the Spidey Project at the Fringe Festival, Mike. And she, you know, she and I were just talking about theater in general. And she mentioned that they were going to do this revival. 
back then when I talked to her at the Fringe Festival. She's been trying to get the rights to this play for a while. And apparently after the movie was released, they pulled the rights to the play because they didn't want people performing it while the movie was you know, on people's minds. So it's been a while since anyone has produced this in the Los Angeles area. I've seen two productions in the past in LA. I've seen this in London. I've seen this in Seattle. I love this play. So I went into this so excited. And their revival is so strong because it's, it's for the most part, you know, what's called a two-hander. It's a two-man show. And it is, it, again, I go back to storytelling. It is the story of a man trying to exercise sort of a demon from his past. And what he's doing is he's trying to figure out a way of how to pass on this traumatic encounter he had with a ghost to his family. And there might be a curse attached to it. So he works with an actor. Um, and literally, that's it, the, the role is the actor. Um, so he works with an actor like, okay, help me develop this into a story because I'd like to just like present this to family and friends so everyone knows what I dealt with in my life and hopefully this will exercise the demons. I am not doing this justice. <laughs> well, I mean, anytime you exercise a demon, it's, so, it's fun. Like, was there a treadmill involved or so, was yeah. it weights? Oh, <laughs> all cardio, ah. all cardio. <laughs> so... um this story is extremely creepy, and I threw up a written review on our website because I, I wanted people to, to, to really like have a chance for me to like kind of like explain why I think this works really well. They do something very interesting, and they present the ghost. and I, I, I don't, I don't think this is spoilery type material, but you know, you can present a ghost in many ways on stage, and I have seen this show done where they present the ghost as. Like, ooh, creepy ghost floating in the background. And what's interesting is the actors in the show see this ghost as real. And so what Theater Unleashed has done is that's how they present it. So it actually makes the ghost more creepy. So I think that's a really wise choice on their part. The Woman in Black, if you don't know the story, if you're not familiar with it, and you're looking for just a creepy night of theater... It, this is not a haunt. This is not immersive theater, even. This is a straight production, proscenium-style you know, show. And I really, really enjoyed this. I, it's a strong, strong piece. It's always good to see this on stage. I really like this piece a lot. Uh, I highly recommend you check it out if you're looking for a ghost story, if you're looking for something creepy this holiday season. Holiday season being Halloween. Um their production is good, and, and their actors are really, really strong. The two leads are Adam Meredith, who uh, plays Arthur Kipps, who is the man trying to get the story out uh, and, and told so he can rest easier. And then the actor is played by Spencer Cantrell, and they completely rise to the occasion. They completely, you buy this because of their investment. Um, yeah, it's just, I thoroughly enjoyed this. If you're looking for creepy theater, the woman in black, uh, I think will fit the bill. That's awesome. If you'd like more information on theater unleashed in North Hollywood, their website is theaterunleashed.org, and theater is spelled with the T H E A T R E 
all one word, theaterunleashed.org. You can also find them on Facebook at theater.unleashed or Instagram at theaterunleashed, all one word. Now on Twitter, it's theaterunleashed, but there's no E at the end of unleashed. So it's theater, U-N-L-E-A-S-H-D. Unleash D. <laughs> Unleash D. Yes, exactly. That sounds like it could be something else. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you're if you're just looking for straight theater, and I, I, this becomes one of those weird things because I don't have kids, Mike. I would almost say this is family friendly to a degree because it's just a creepy ghost story, but it is really creepy. Hmm. So. Uh, but I, I would say if you want to give something for younger teens or something a chance to get something spooky in their life this season, I would consider this. But uh, for really young children, no, it's it's too wordy and it's it's a it's about you know there's words yeah there's oh, words I know you hate words. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, give this give this a shot. This is really really fun. Cool. And I mentioned before that this theater is basically across the street from Zombie Joe's. Yes. So let's go across the street to Zombie Joe's. And Urban Death Tour of Terror. Yes. Yeah. This is becoming a really nice Halloween tradition, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah, because Urban Death happens um, probably every quarter, it seems. It seems to be, yeah. Uh, but for October, they they take it up a notch and they add a haunted maze well i wouldn't say haunted it's a creepy messed up nightmarish maze um that leads into the theater so when you walk in the front door you're not walking into the lobby you're walking into the maze Mm -hmm. and you go through with a flashlight see creepy things (laughs) flashlight's an over exaggeration (laughs) of what they give you like sure it has the form of a flashlight (laughs) But it doesn't necessarily mean that it works like a flashlight. Yeah. It doesn't have a lot of light, actually. <laughs> exactly. Which makes everything that much more creepy because yes. you don't have a bright light shining. So when you see something and you think you've, see, you've seen something, like it, it just adds that much more to it. Mm-hmm. Your imagination runs wild. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's like I, I love their mazes. Especially with the sounds that yes. happen in there. And yes. Some of them may be muffled. Some of them may be <laughs> songs of agony or pain or sexual excitement. All of the above. Yeah. So. In one. Yeah. And that's just the patrons. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> wow. Sorry. <laughs> I'll I'll back out of the room now. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then you, then basically there's like a, what, a 15 minute version of Urban Death? Yeah. It was really short. And, and I said this when we left, but. It seemed so much shorter than I remember it. Well, they're doing, I believe, five shows a night mm-hmm. this season. So, uh, and I, I think they can fit 40 to 50 people probably per show. Yeah. And I understand it's a trade-off because you have to have all these people get through the maze yes. and then get back out of the maze. So instead, you're sacrificing the maze. Actually, you're going through it twice. Once when you come in and once when you leave. Mm-hmm. So you're basically getting three things. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I understand that that's, that's a compromise we have to make, but it's, it's just when you're sitting there and you're, you're so into it and you're seeing these messed up scenes, it's like, Oh, that's it. It's like, yeah. Oh, now the subject matter, <laughs> you, you always want more. So yeah, I, I totally understand. Um, the scenes this year are very dark as usual, but 
Yeah, uh, very disturbing material. This is not family friendly <laughs> in any way. Well, for most families. For most families. <laughs> very adult material. Uh, and I will say I was very happy that I said this last year, the biggest, best scare of my haunt season last year came during Urban Death Tour of Terror. And they kept it this year. It's in the show. And you got the brunt of it. Oh, that one, yeah. And and I saw you recoil. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, like, even though you're behind the line and you, like, even though, like, okay. You know you're safe. Everything is safe. It did not feel like it was going to be safe. Yeah, you, you, there, there are moments in the show when the sound makes you believe that as an audience member, you're not as safe as you want to be. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely was like, oh. Yeah. There are several moments in Zombie Joe's show this year that make you feel very vulnerable. And uh, like I said, that that big scare last year got me, and it was amazing. And I'm so happy that they kept it in the show for this year. Yeah. Yeah. This this was enjoyable. I'm I'm so glad to see it back. Yeah. And. The, like I said, you get kind of you kind of get three things for your money. So you get the maze going in, you get the show, and then the maze going out. And the maze going in and the maze going out are not the same. Mm-hmm. So what you see coming in, you will not see going out. You'll see different things happening. Yes. <laughs> for more information on Zombie Joes, go to zombiejoes.com. On Facebook, look up ZJU Theater. That's theater, T-E-R. And on Instagram, it's Zombie Joes. And on Twitter, it's Zombie Joes. And we went to the happiest place on earth. Yes, we did. We went to Anaheim. (laughs) Yes, we went and visited uh, someone I know you're very fond of, Mike. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We went to Mabel's Six Feet Under. Yay. I I don't know. I kind of felt like. Somehow that was the official beginning of haunt season locally. I know we did the big Fright Dome and we had done Creep LA. and But for some reason, that that really, yeah, it, it was just like, wow, traditional, good, high quality haunting. Yeah. that's And that's, that's what makes them so special. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I was so happy that when we saw, uh, we went to their opening night. The line was so strong, and we were so happy to see such a crowd come out for their opening night. Um, now, this year, uh, Mabel Six Feet Under, uh, which, like Mike said, is located in Anaheim. Mike, they they had fun with their floor plan again. And we don't want to get too spoilery, but one of the appealing things about Mabel Six Feet Under is they are very creative as to how you go through the maze. And you would think that at some point, you know, it's going to be it's like, oh, I'm, I, I know what I'm going to expect. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. it keeps getting refreshed. This is their third year and it's they still find ways to surprise you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, um, they're, they're, they have sort of an unofficial motto of check in and then get lost. And you kind of do that. You just go into their maze and you explore and you... Um, there's a lot of animatronic stuff. There's a lot of just creepy atmosphere. Um, you roam around and you look through windows and doors and spy on stuff. And it, it's really, really a wonderful mood. And 
again, they, they just like this year is stronger than last year, I think. Once again, you know, Mabel Six Feet Under has really done a wonderful job of creating something truly, it just makes you feel young at heart again. Like when you loved Halloween mazes as a kid, that's, that's, I think the compliment I can give more than any is like, it just, it makes, it made me feel younger. Yeah. Going through that. You should probably go through it like eight more times then. You bastard. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it's, it's so true. Like, and I totally understand what you're saying. And it is a compliment. And the fact that we can still say that even in its third year without, you know, without any negativity I mean, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Like they're doing, and they, and I think that's the thing too. Like they do it out of love. They're an, they're a nonprofit. They're not trying to bring in like the hundreds of thousands of people that other, other places do. And you know, you're not going to be in a conga line. They're haunters that love Halloween and love old school haunted houses. And everything about this is, it shows. Yeah, absolutely. It does. So, I mean, we'll definitely be back to see Mabel because I really didn't get to see her as much as I wanted to. Yeah, she's she's de- she was definitely there. And she, also, uh, again, Mike, um, the outside waiting area. Like, this is one of those haunts that you'd mentioned uh, when we were waiting in line for a maze at Fright Dome, the Lights Out maze. They had characters playing with the line. Mm-hmm. Same thing here. Yeah. You have some really, really wonderful actors working the line uh, while people are waiting to go through the haunt. So, yeah, it's 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 fun all around. We'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> and for more information on Mabel Six Feet Under, you can find her on the web at org. And Six Feet is the number six and then F-E-E-T. And on Facebook, search for Mabel Six Feet Under. On Instagram and Twitter, I get to do it again, Russell. <laughs> Mabel six fu, <laughs> and the six is the number six. So Mabel six fu. You're twelve <laughs> inches. Oh, God. lust. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> so where did you go last night? I went to see some theater. <laughs> which uh, again this is one of those things that um mike you you were the person who introduced me to this yep i'm awesome yeah you are awesome i i agree <laughs> sometimes with that. yeah um yes i agree with sometimes too um <laughs> the um maverick theater in fullerton california they it is now a yearly tradition that they put on a live version of night of the living dead which to be totally honest this year feels special because we just lost George Romero. And in the program, they actually do a dedication to George Romero. Night of the Living Dead, it's a yearly tradition. Uh, it is a live version of Night of the Living Dead, but it, it's from a place of love. They always have fun and they kind of tweak the plot just a little bit. So it, it, you don't quite know what's going to happen or when characters may die or not die if you think you know the movie really well. So that is really cool about this production. And Mike, I think the cast this year is larger than the cast when you and I saw it a oh, couple really? of years ago. Yeah, they, there are a lot of zombies running around. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it, it's uh, it's just it's a labor of love in this theater, and, and 
uh, it's just so much fun. We talked about a production of Evil Dead the Musical a couple of podcasts ago. This is the same theater company. It's that level of love and affection for the material. The actors give it their all. The The performances are all... They ride that weird fine line of it's not parody, but it's not homage either. It's like it's not tongue in cheek because they do play it straight. But, you know, you get the sense of like they're all fans. Yeah, you get the sense that this is all like we know exactly what we love and why we love it. And we want to show this to you alive on stage. It's just I have such affection for this show. And, Mike, I got to introduce... I, I recommended this last year to uh, my friend Kevin, his wife Anne, and, and they they joined us. And, like, it, it just... So I was able to pass the love on and introduce new people to it this year. It, it's just... It's a great production. And literally, it's short. I think it's like an hour and ten minutes long. Mm-hmm. So it's a short play. So you can fit it into your evening. They do two shows on the weekends. Uh, so it's it's really, really fun. I, unfortunately, their entire run, Mike, sold out. Yeah, that's what happens every year. It's that's like, why I think when I first brought it to your attention a couple of years ago, it was like May. Or, oh, yeah. And it was like, we need to buy tickets now. And I didn't understand. Now yeah. I understand. <laughs> so, But I talked to Heidi at the box office, and uh, she said, like, last night, I think there were 10 tickets where people didn't show up. So there were a few seats available right at curtain time. So if you want to take the risk, it might be worth going to the theater if you have a free night when there's a performance going on and checking in with the box office. And and Heidi did tell me that quite often there's a few seats available, um, even though the, sh- the run technically is sold out. So, you know, you do have a chance to see this probably if you make the extra effort. It's a really fun show coming from a place of love. Just, yeah, I really, really enjoyed seeing this again. So, Mike, thanks for introducing this to me a couple of years ago. You're welcome. <laughs> so, uh, for more information on the Maverick Theater in Fullerton, uh, go to mavericktheater.com. And again, this theater is spelled with a T-E-R. Uh, mavericktheater.com on Facebook, Maverick Theater. On Twitter, Maverick Theater. And on Instagram, Maverick Theater. And then, Russell, you also got an invitation of sorts. Actually, I did. And the invitation came from... Um, you know LaSalle, Mike? I do. Uh, LaSalle is a listener of the podcast. Uh, LaSalle and I met at Wicked Lit. Uh, what? Wow, was that two years ago? Was that last year? Time flies. It really does. <laughs> so, and um, LaSalle reached out to me. The Order of Beleth, which you and I have both had experiences with this past year. Um, the Order of Beleth is a ARG experience, which is... A mysterious order trying to bring someone, something named Beleth back to our plane because they want Beleth's light to shine down upon all of us. So interesting storyline, kind of cultish, kind of creepy. So we've had a couple of creepy encounters over the past year. Lasalle reached out to me and, and said, it's like, I have an invitation and they said I could bring someone along. So would you be interested I said, yes. Ooh, date night with LaSalle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Why are you blushing right now? (laughs) No, it's just like, no, that's not what it was. And when you learn what happened, I don't think you would consider this date night material. Um, Well, I I would. (laughs) 
maybe. <laughs> so uh, what happened is, if you recall from a couple podcasts ago, Mike, um, uh, I attended what was called Remembrance Day. Mm-hmm. And at Remembrance Day, it was supposed to be a celebration of the Order of Beleth. And at the very end, it was derailed by some people um, working within the organization. And there was a character named uh, Mr. Lundy who his daughter was sacrificed. Mr. Lundy had made the decision that he was going to use his daughter as a vessel to bring Beleth back. Mm -hmm. His daughter was sacrificed because certain people in the order believed that it was not in the best interest of the order and that he was making some selfish decisions. So obviously there is turmoil in the ranks at the order of Beleth. LaSalle's invitation was Jeremy, who actually on our podcast, I said the last thing I saw that night was a character named Jeremy, who obviously really has a lot of affection for Mr. Lundy and believes that Mr. Lundy is working in, in, in the good of, for the good of everyone. Jeremy was super upset and he said that he had to get us out of the building so he could tend to Mr. Lundy. So Jeremy had reached out and said that Mr. Lundy needed to talk to a couple of people. So um, LaSalle invited me along and we actually met at a park in Hollywood. And this is one of those wonderful, immersive ARG-ish moments, Mike, that, you know, it, it, wasn't scary it wasn't a haunt it wasn't anything like that this was just a really interesting scene and we met at a park and jeremy met us and explained to us that mr lundy was extremely upset and had some things to say that he wanted to let some people know um so during the conversation LaSalle actually periscoped for the people in the order of Beleth um to hear mr lundy's message and what happened was after the sacrifice of his daughter he has been doing some reevaluating, and he told us the story of a long-lost relative of his who was part of the order of beleth who was going to betray the order of beleth because he didn't think that he was appreciated he didn't think that certain things were going the way they should and that he was getting the appreciation that that he should have been and Mr. Lundy paralleled that with his own actions. And he told us the story of that long lost relative stepping away, doing some reevaluation, and then he returned. And Mr. Lundy said that he is about to do the same thing. So this was sort of a um, watch yourself, be careful, because there are people amongst the members of the Order of Beleth who might be trying to steer the order to a very bad negative place. Mr. Lenny's going to step away and he said that he will return. So right now the order of Beleth is in disarray and he's doing some reevaluating and he will come back, but we don't know what the status of the order of Beleth will be when he returns. And there might have to be a battle of power and wills in the order when he returns. So that was the evening. And again, it was just a strong scene delivered in an intimate setting, you know, just to move the storyline of the order of Beleth along. 
and that's not a date night how <laughs> just kidding <laughs> stop it so um i love that kind of stuff it's just, it was just it was it was just this weird like wow okay so i get this you know really cool scene you know lasalle and i were sitting there and you know, he was in tears, so upset over the loss of his daughter and, and, you know, he had lost his wife and now the order is in disarray. And and he was this just broken man who needed to step away and he just wanted to talk to someone. And that's what that was. And what this represents, Mike, um, is the sort of the end of season one of the Order of Beleth. And they won't be doing anything during the haunt season, apparently, and during the Christmas season. They plan on returning with their sort of season two uh, January, February of next year, apparently. Cool. So this was sort of like the the cliffhanger. So I am really curious, and I hope season two brings us Beleth. And have her light shine down on you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't resist that, could you? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, for more information on the Order of Beleth, go to orderofbeleth.com which is order of B-I-L-E-T-H. On Facebook, accept Beleth's love. On Instagram, order of Beleth. And on Twitter, order of Beleth. And it's time. Time for ARG stuff? Well, we already were just talking about ARG yeah. stuff. So, so did you have something specific <laughs> in mind? Just I'm just going to do it. The less experience. Lust. So you got a call from an old friend. Yeah. Uh, apparently this was the beginning of one of the chapters of the lust experience. Uh, Sabrina called me and Mike, this was a, this was a different tone than she has ever spoken to me before. That's the immediate thing that I noticed. She called and she said, you know, it's a familiar voice to me. Um, and she said, you know, hi, it's me. Um, I haven't talked to you in a while. So casual, which took me off guard, like, or caught me off guard. It it, it was a very, cause I'm so used to the, the helmeted like, version. The, <laughs> the what? The helmeted version. <laughs> Maybe, but I, I'm, I'm used to there being like a driven agenda. Mm-hmm. And this was like, we haven't talked in a while. So she wanted to get some information from me. She asked if Joyce had indeed come to my house. It was funny because, you know, the indication in the Lust universe is that Joyce was killed. And, you know, Sabrina explained to me that Joyce was a friend of hers. And, you know, I did, and that she didn't know where she was. And she said she's probably, you know, buried in the desert somewhere you know, or possibly rotting in a tob of acid or, you know, something like that. And I, which took me a little back because it's such a casual conversation, but that went really dark, really fast. It's like our phone calls. (laughs) Sometimes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So exactly like some of our dark phone calls. Um, So she was asking me questions about the night that Joyce, you know, came to my home. And I, Mike, you know that I get, emotional sometimes no (laughs) so i it was one of those days it's one of those times when the phone call i had been dealing with some of the fallout from my recent medical stuff 
you know, bills and emotional stuff and all that. So when the phone call came, I was in a weird place. I just, just one of those times when the phone call caught me at a weird place. And I told her, I said, I, I was feeling flustered and, you know, it, it, it was a very awkward phone call for me. And she kind of said, it's like, you know, why, why do you feel so awkward? Like, do you consider us friends? Like, and she, you know, she said like, look, we're, we're friends. And, and it was nice to hear that from her. So, you know, we, we talked a little bit about, you know, Joyce's visit and how I feel about the system. And because that's one of my, my issues is, you know, I, I keep, it seems I keep getting told that I'm worthless in this universe, you know, and only by Noah. So no, and at registration, the woman made me feel that way. Mm. You know, it's just like at I confidant, you know, like the whole thing of like the way they called me up in front of everyone. Like it just, it, it, it has felt disrespectful to some degree. Right. And there's a bit of a vibe that vibe that, you know, like I have to prove myself worthy to someone. And I told her, I said, like, look, I, I, I committed to you, you know, if the OSDM, if anybody like needs proof that I am willing to commit to something, it's like, they should look at the way I committed to Anak and my willingness to be there for Addison as Sabrina was known at that time. And, you know, she, she said, yes, I know. So, you know, when she was talking about, you know, when Joyce asked me why I wasn't connected, you know, I said that, you know, that alone felt like a connection. The fact that somebody was asking me, you know, what's going on with you, because that's the first time that's happened this year was with Joyce. And so her being a friend of Joyce's, we were talking about some of that stuff. And, you know, she was surprised at some of what happened with, you know, the, what everyone calls Fluffernutter guy and the flirtatious woman. And, but when I brought Otis up at the end of the phone call, she was like, what Otis was there? I said, yeah. And I said, but you know, she was asking me, was there anything weird that you remember? Anything that didn't fit? somehow or was off and I said yeah actually he was one of the things that was off and I told her the whole thing where he had come in and he introduced himself as John I play Otis Mm -hmm. that changed the phone call completely and she had this reaction of he did what he did that so I said yeah and she got really really um not defensive she she seemed upset and she wanted to end the phone call immediately. And so she said, I, I, I really have to go. I said, wait, I, you asked if I could help. And she said, yes. And then she ended the phone call. So I don't know what that information meant to her. Hmm. But she was surprised that Otis was there at all. And she was really surprised that she heard me say that he had introduced himself as the actor rather than the character. It's not a character, Russell. (laughs) I don't know why you keep doing that. So, but you know, he, he seems to introduce himself as an actor who had a character, but it makes me wonder, um, based on the reaction of Sabrina, because she went through the helmet process as Addison and realizing she wasn't Addison, it makes me wonder if maybe Otis was going a similar path 
and he was on the helmet and maybe he's slipping out of it and be like, Oh no, I'm John, you know, whereas it's like, no, I'm Sabrina, you no, know, I, like I, something like that. I, I don't think know. that's quite possible. Yeah. So that was sort of like the beginning of like a new chapter. And, um, so, uh, it, somewhere in that, that chapter also Otis appeared on Facebook again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he disappeared from Facebook, but he came back and wrote this long post, which thankfully uh, Megan screenshotted and posted to the forums because I might have a place in that story um, because he references someone called Mr. Tattoo. Yeah. And we think that's me. Because um, you have tattoos. I have a, a one or two. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he says, uh, I'm not even sure Mr. Tattoo will believe me anymore either. He thinks I'm some kind of soft serve vanilla ice cream, even if I did fumble a line or two, which I think that is in reference to when he said, you know, John, when we went to get pie that time, mm-hmm. um, I know he doesn't think I'm a man who would do those sorts of things. Speaking of ice cream, taking him out for another milkshake is as we say a little on the nose, isn't it? How about I just call him or your people can electronic mail him. So, first of all, any time I can go out for milkshakes with anybody <laughs> is fine by my book, on the nose or not. Like, Otis, we can get ice cream all you want, and I don't care what you've done <laughs> in the past. We can talk about it over milkshakes. Um, but that just brings this whole other backstory into this. You know, like, if Otis is saying he won't believe I do those sorts of things. Like what kinds of things was he doing? Right. You know, like what, like, you know, we saw him at that ceremony and, but we didn't see really see him taking part. You know, we haven't heard about anyone getting killed by him or in being him being involved in any murder or anything like that. So it's like, what has he done? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know, but I hope he does reach out to you. I do too. Because you'd love to hear about the dark stuff. Hell yeah. Especially <laughs> over milkshakes and ice cream. Like, dude. Where else would you discuss dark stuff? Like, that's a perfect date night. <laughs> Let's go for a milkshake and talk about murder. Okay. And cult rituals. I oh. mean, organization rituals. And I'll post a link to the, the forum thread uh, in the show notes because it's, it's a pretty long post. Um, and it's just really interesting to read. So last week, Russell, yes, uh, we talked about a lot of the haunts we did, um, and I was in a new job. So uh-huh. imagine my surprise when I get a phone call while I'm at my new job, and it's an open office, and it's not like my old job where I, it, you know, I could just run outside. This, <laughs> I just, I took the call, so. It was great because I definitely think coworkers heard the call, <laughs> but it's okay because in the, the, they did like an introduction email where they're like, you know, what are some things you want people to know about you? And one of the things I said is like, I'm really into ARGs. So if you ever see me in the parking lot, getting hooded and throw it into a van or, oh my he- God. or hear me say some really messed up things during phone calls, everything is fine. I'm okay. Probably. <laughs> so there's a warning out already to my new coworkers. All right. Um, I get a call from Sabrina and mm-hmm. 
it starts off and you had mentioned her tone just sounded different when yeah. you, you heard her. Same thing for me. Like she was very serious, like no nonsense to the point, almost annoyed that she had to make this call. Like it was like, just kind of like an attitude like that. So like, like when you call me how I sound. <laughs> and actually I have heard that tone from Sabrina in the past. Okay. You know, during tension, I heard that tone a couple of times. Um, so, so she called me and started off like Mr. Fontaine. It's been a long time. I was like, Miss Kern, it sure has because she might kill me. So I want to be polite. (laughs) And it was immediate after that, it was just straight to business. Like get a pen and paper, like, okay, I have a pen and paper, write down these four questions. And she gave me these questions, which and as I'm writing down, it's like, this makes no sense. And the four questions were, were strange because I don't know if they, they didn't make sense to me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was, your son is 17, correct? He wanted to go to this college, but he couldn't. Why? How much was tuition? And then the last, the, the last question, it wasn't a question, but it was, tell your son he no longer has to worry about his education. All bills will be covered by your husband's previous employer. And it's like, okay. Interesting. Then she told me she was going to conference someone in. So mm-hmm. she was going to call someone and I was to ask these questions and that's it. Okay. So a woman gets on the line and I ask, start asking these questions and immediately it's, who are you? How do you know that? What are you talking about? Like, who is this? Like very, very like paranoid and scared. And I asked these questions I got the answers, and as soon as I said that last portion of the bills are recovered by your husband's previous employer, mm-hmm. phone went dead. So I did my job. Right. But let's back up a little bit. So a few days before this phone call, Brian was emailed a text conversation between Sabrina and who we think was Darren, and then he got a phone call. She was really upset that he had posted that because it was pri- a private conversation and, you know, all those fun things. So she told him to the same thing, get a pen and paper. And she told him that Los Angeles chapter three, AL21, the last data center standing, 91 little pencil pushers. You and the players of your f-ing game will have to make a real hard choice. Then she gave him a task. She wants him to, she wanted him to create a poll and in the poll, there are two options, dissolve or absolve. One person will vote at the time, which would start with him. Each voter will have the chance to pass the baton to the next voter or to stop the vote entirely. The person who stops will be the final counted vote. And the outcome of this vote, in the end, you will either cause their reduction or their relocation in resources in a different field. So this is in regards to the OSDM data centers. Mm-hmm. And she gave that task to Brian. And then there was a whole bunch of, you know, theorizing about what that would mean, the like the absolve or dissolve and, and how people were planning to vote. So the vote came and Brian voted absolve and then closed the vote because, and which whatever that I think, I don't think that was the right move. I don't agree with it. Um, but it's not my call. I, I do understand why he did it. I think because the... Because he wants to play God? Um, well, no. And his reasoning of this community, there's been so much bickering over the Mason topics and everything. I just felt that he figured it would turn into a complete 
mess. That's and, fine. And I see it as being selfish and wanting to take control. Okay. Which I, I can see it either way. Actually. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to to have one person decide for you know, however many members of the community are there right. are. I mean, that's a bunch of crap. But it's not my call. I wasn't given the task. Mm-hmm. But whatever. I okay. just wanted to vote dissolve. <laughs> okay. That's all I wanted to do, and he wouldn't <laughs> let me. He took it away from me. Uh, so this is actually about you. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not at all. Um, but yeah, so he voted absolve and clo- then closed the vote. And the phone calls that I got um, and the phone call that Brian got and Julie got were repercussions of that. Mm-hmm. And Chelsea got one as well. And we all got phone calls about it was good news, quote unquote. Like Brian had to call someone and tell them there's now a million dollars in their bank account. Right. You know, things like that. But I, mine, it seemed that the husband was no longer around Mm -hmm. because why else would you call someone and say your husband's previous employer? Why not just call the husband? You know, that's a possibility. Well, what happened next might lead into that because we heard from Mason and he gave some information that he's a cleaner and said, there's now 90 to go. So there were 91 pencil pushers. He killed one of them. Cause right. so was that the husband of the wife I called? Who knows? No, it wasn't because we heard an audio file, oh. which was given to Kevin where you heard Mason interrupt a couple. So, but, and he, you get the impression by the end of that audio file that Mason, Mason basically revs a chainsaw. <laughs> Right, but did that happen? Though, but when was that recorded? Mm, oh, interesting. Good point. I see your point. But I think she, if that were her, if that were the husband, and why, I think she would have been more upset getting your phone call. Oops. I think it would depend on how upset she was and how paranoid she was. Right. With you. It was very. Oh, okay. Then maybe it was. Maybe that was the beginning of that. Yeah. So we shall see. Yeah, which is interesting. Anyway, and, I, and you know, I here's the interesting thing for me. And I actually, I posted this on the forums as far as Mason goes like, okay, 90 to go. Like one person can't do that in a time efficient or effective manner. You have such little faith. (laughs) So my thought is word is going to spread fast that if they are planning on eliminating 90 people, it's like, Word is going to spread fast and those people are either going to go into hiding or they're going to be looking for help. Right. And so that's my question is, are people not going to get requests for help from from oh, yeah. people in the community? That's a, that's a, I never thought about that. That's good because I immediately went to where are they getting this money? You know, which <laughs> made me, which made me wonder if this was part of OSDM's big thing because when we met Bob Jones intention, yeah. he was investigating insurance fraud. Mm-hmm. from the deaths of people that left their insurance money to the church of Anoch. So is it a similar thing where all of these employees or maybe the workplace has employee insurance and it's like, Oh, they're dying. So we get all this money, you know, or do they have their own personal insurance claims where they are leaving it to like Horace or something? I don't know, you know, right. like something like that instead of a church. But you know, this could go so many different ways. 
but the most interesting aspect of this is Mason's actions. I'm a lot more interested in that than where the insurance money is going. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I mean, dude, oh my God. Can you, we could be like, him and I could be like natural born killers and be playing K-pop as we ride off into oh like God. our next murder. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> oh my God, indeed. <laughs> If you ever kill me, Mike, I want brown-eyed girls to be playing in the background. Sure, no problem. Uh, okay. <laughs> I have a, only a simple request. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that's where we are with Lust. Um, it's fun. Yeah, catch up on the forums. There is other details that have happened. Uh, this is just the stuff that Mike and I have participated in directly. Uh, lively conversations going on in the forums about this vote and about Mason's actions. Yeah. For more information on The Less Experience, go to thelessexperience.com, on Facebook, The Less Experience, on Instagram, The Less Experience, and on Twitter, Lust underscore experience. We're recording this on Sunday and you just had a knock on your door. Yes. <laughs> Which was kind of freaky because we were talking about lust. Yes. So it's like, what? <laughs> but what happened right uh, now? I, I got mail. Uh, my box of dread arrived. <laughs> on a Sunday. On a Sunday. That's that. You, you probably shouldn't shake a box like that. <laughs> Oh, come on. <laughs> Especially so, since the last one came with a glass. So, oh, yeah, but it was really well packed. So this box of dread is really cool because it's like they they hired a curator. So they have someone specifically working on the box of dread and it shows yes. in, in this in this one. And it's awesome. It comes with a letter and it's the first time that it actually came with in a box of dread box, like mm -hmm. a, like a black box with the box of dread logo, which is awesome. I'm sorry. I'm distracted by this. Yeah. <laughs> so, I love this. What did you get? <laughs> it's a Friday the 13th pen with a little Jason top on the pen carrying a bloody knife. I got Freddy. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> that's awesome. I'm sorry. My, my inner 12 year old is, <laughs> this is cool. <sighs> they can't see it. Russell, <laughs> you need to talk. Um, Zombie Kenny from mm -hmm. South Park. It's so, a keychain, right? Uh, yes, it is. So this will go next to my uh, little Jason keychain that I have at work. We also got a pop figure for Carrie, which is funny because Russell, you just bought this. Yeah, <laughs> I literally. But now you can keep one in the package, or take and so, keep one out of the package. I, I think I might do exactly that. So yeah, so I love this figure, by the way. I, I think they did a really good job. Yes, the the Funko Pop carry, uh, which just came out recently. It was like like a month ago. Mm -hmm. We got a blind bag of pint size heroes, but the horror ones. Yes, I got Beetlejuice. Oh, <laughs> what did you get? So, uh, I'm sure it's pinhead. Open it. All right, here we go. Ah. I got Pennywise. Oh, nice. How do you? How did you think that was Pinhead? Because I, I, he I has felt, a total like I, I felt bald the head, mold, like the the mold of his hair. So, <laughs> so I have Pennywise. 
Um, and we got a DVD, All Cheerleaders Die. Which is something I am not familiar with. I had seen this like on shelves and stuff, but I never was able to watch it. I know I'd definitely seen that cover art before. Interesting. Okay, so it looks like a horror film. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, um, and then we have uh, Tales of Halloween collector cards mm-hmm. from the, the, um, the anthology movie which came out last year. Yep, it's from uh, the segment Ding Dong, which is the curator Lucky McGee's part. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then uh, a poster. I'm sorry, I'm leaning away from the microphone because of... Uh, so, which is... Um, uh, the I, I knew that this was coming. There's a film version of Gerald's Game coming, and it's a small mini poster for Gerald's Game, uh, which is apparently, uh, at the bottom of this poster, it says, will be available on Netflix September 29th. So it's available now. Yeah. So yeah, this is a good one. Yeah, definitely. So it, And it definitely already, you can see a difference that they have someone specifically working on this. Yes, absolutely. This. So I love this pen. <laughs> oh, <thank you. laughs> okay, I'll put the pen down. So for more information on Box of Dread, go to boxofdread.com on Facebook, Box of Dread, and Instagram and Twitter, Box of Dread. So Russell, last year we did an event called the Heritage Scare. And yes. We've talked about it a couple of times just because it was so different, but so fun. Mm-hmm. That's happening this weekend again. Um, on Saturday the 14th, they are doing it again at Heritage Square. And it's a night of just fun, spooky, creepy, fun games that you can play as many times as you want. Mm-hmm. At least that's what it was last year. I'm not sure if they're doing that this year. But yeah, like it was so fun. Yeah, it, it was a very fun, very unique evening, that's for sure. Um, and the games were, I don't know if there's an age limit on this event, but the games seemed fairly open to, to younger ages as well. Yeah, it, yeah, there was nothing, any, anything, there wasn't anything super gory or scary or anything like that. It was just fun. It's funny that I lean toward the family-friendly thing because I, I work with so many family oriented people and I, people are coming to me at work all the time, Mike going like, I want to do something spooky for the Halloween season. What would you recommend? And so I am literally in this mode of like, okay, wait, are you taking kids? Are you taking, and I'm so, I'm literally, I, somebody called me the other day at work. They called me the Pied Piper of horror (laughs) (laughs) because I'm the one everyone's turning to for, it's like, wait, you should, all right, theater, you should do this. Okay. Haunts, try this. So, um, so, but yes, last year, um, it really was fun and very unique. I, we did nothing else like this during the entire haunt season last year. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like there's anything else like this out there as right. well, which makes it that much more special, mm-hmm. but definitely check it out. It will be such a fun time and just the environment and the setting. It adds so much because yeah, it's old Victorian homes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because it's at heritage scare or it's at Heritage Square, which is Heritage Scare for this event. But yeah, all the old Victorian houses and like there's like the shop that has all the old stuff in it. Oh, it's just it's just great. But definitely check it out. You will have a fun time. Uh, you can find more information on them at wiseguysevents.com. And there's something else opening up for Halloween season. Uh, there's a pop-up bar that's going to be based on halloween and horror and stuff and it's going to be a cool meetup spot i think for a lot of people when they go to haunts in la um it's happening at the edendale on rowena in la and 
you can find information on that at the, the octobercountry.com. And that's opening on Friday the 13th and going all the way through the 31st, which is Halloween, of course. That's fun. And that'll be cool because there's like a central spot now, kind of. Yeah, that would be very interesting. And that's everything. <laughs> We've <laughs> hardly now. begun. I know. Please let us know if you guys find stuff uh, that you have really enjoyed this Halloween season. Please reach out to Mike and I and let us know what you're enjoying this Halloween season. Where can they reach out to us at, Russell? So they can reach you at Mike at MyHauntLife.com or me at Russell at MyHauntLife.com. That's Russell with two S's and two L's. Even though it doesn't matter because people still don't put... Both. <laughs> we should just stop saying that at this point. Yeah, everyone spells my name wrong. Everyone. <laughs> so, um, and also they can check us out at myhauntlife.com. And all the social media like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and all that fun stuff my, at myhauntlife. And make sure to check out the calendar at myhauntlife.com slash calendar. Or leave us a voicemail or a text at the haunt line, 515-HAUNT-LA. Oh, I'm exhausted already. <laughs> <laughs> this has been fun. Yeah, it's been super fun. It's uh, it's a great start to the season. Yeah, I'm 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 happy that Halloween is here. This has been a weird year. And and before we actually wrap up, um I, I do want to point to something, Mike. Uh I, I don't know how to necessarily get into this, but I, I do want to cover this because Mike, you and I last year we pointed to a bunch of home haunts. And you and I both love home haunts. I've never done a home haunt. You've been a home haunter in the past. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a, it's a special thing that people put together and like spend all of that money and passion and time, um, to create something to make other people happy during the season. And then you get a gun pulled on you and stop doing it which is what happened to you unfortunately well yeah that's right <laughs> yeah <laughs> Th thanks for pointing that out so I, in case our listeners did not know that story one thing that is really really well known in southern california is boney island and boney island has released a statement on facebook that that reads in light of events our world has been experiencing keeping the public safe from harm in an outdoor setting has become stricter and cost prohibitive with permit fees, road closures, and police protection. With the city's new requirements, costs could reach up to $100,000. For a neighborhood event like Boney Island, it is too far out of our reach, and therefore we have no other option than to close our gates for good. We are blessed to say we have had an amazing 19-year run of a whimsical tradition for so many individuals and families, creating magical memories that will last a lifetime. So Boney Island, um, in light of recent events, of course, in, in Las Vegas, and um, uh, I, I'm sure that the city permits were also affected by the fire in Northern California months ago, because um, that affected permitting as well. This is a 19-year tradition of a home haunt that was not frightening. It was, they, they used the correct word, whimsical. Boney Island was something that was beloved by many people. And they would have lines forming hours in advance of their opening. It was truly something special for the Halloween season in the Los Angeles area. And it's sad to see this um, make the decision that they have made to not be up and running this year and, and in the future, but also totally understandable with the costs and, and things that they point to. Um, I, I brought this up, Mike, because I just wanted to say we know home haunters and we want to wish them all the best this season. 
we love the fact that people are out there creating stuff that we get to share and have fun at and participate in. And we wish them all the best. We wish this is a great, safe, enjoyable, fun, spooky, creepy, scary Halloween season for everyone. Look out for each other out there. Yeah. Well said. And if people are going to die, scare them to death. Don't shoot them or beat them up or anything. Unless you're Mason. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I had to bring it back to something funny. Because since you're such a downer on this, like, hey, everyone. It's what I do. Oh, by the way. I'm the downer, apparently. So, but but yes, I I, I do see your point, Mike. Uh, uh, But yeah, um... You know, we we know people who were touched by the events in Vegas personally, and, um, you know, our heart goes out to them. And it just, you know, this is a season where let's concentrate on the fun. Yeah. All right. Go out there and haunt people. So I feel like we need to do something stupid just to, like, bring this up before we sign off. Otherwise, people are just going to be like, oh, thanks a lot, Russell. You haven't finished your green slime yet. this is audio. <laughs> they can't see. Do a tell a stupid joke so, or something. <laughs> okay. Since you're not saying anything, I'll just say that the skeleton thought your joke was humorous. That uh, get it? Humor. Humorous. Humor. A bone. Skeleton. A humorous yeah. bone. Really? Hey. People are snickering right now. <laughs> All right, I'll, I, I've got one for you then. Okay. What did the ghost eat for supper? What? Spook Eddie. That. What kind of? No. <laughs> what kind of key did the ghost use to unlock his room? A skeleton key? No, a spooky. Oh. <laughs> okay. See, we're there. We're back. All right. I'm Mike. And I'm Russell. See ya. Get out. Mm. We're done for now. (laughs) (laughs) I actually tried to be fucked up. But you're so much better at that than I am. It's natural. (laughs) 